divinity, shadow, ego, inner child, virtue, goodwill, love, truth, life purpose, and everything that is between you and the infinite. This is a conversation about how to be loving. I'm Danielle Laporte. Welcome to my podcast, With Love, Danielle. I'm not a Star Wars super buff, but I want to talk about Darth Vader. How did Darth Vader actually begin? He was a lover, not a fighter. Darth Vader was just a heartbroken Jedi. He lost his love, right? He tried to save his beloved wife with her cinnamon bun hair rolls from death. Couldn't save her. The heartbreak drove him to madness, as we see happen with so many villains. And then what do they do? They can't stand the pain and they give their energy to the dark side. So they contort something so pure and then they turn it into a weapon for oppression. What is that? It's a vice, not a virtue. They take the virtue. It all starts off as a virtue. They twist it up and Boom, there we have a vice. Harry Potter's nemesis, Voldemort. He was an orphan, apparently really tender-hearted, named Tom Riddle. If you move all those letters around, they spell he who shall not be named. And it was his half-blood status. You know, he was part wizard, part human. He could have used that for a force for healing, but being on the outside, not belonging, his abandonment pain drove him to madness. And then he used his goodness, the virtuousness, the magic to just feed his shadow. These stories go on and on, right? The Wicked Witch and Wizard of Oz, at least in the Broadway play, <laughs> she was a social outcast that loved the wrong boy. And then she got all green, maybe with envy and wicked. Lucifer, depending what theology you're looking through, Lucifer was an angel who felt rejected and then projected the pain of that rejection onto God. And we have beautiful things that become very dark things. My friends, today we are talking about virtues. Really what I'm setting out to do is bring virtues back in that, you know, oh, so many religions have just pillaged the beauty out of the term virtue. And the whole concept, really, of virtuousness. There's so much punishment attached to this. Be virtuous or else. This gets carried across so many different religions and paradigms. Virtue is often, historically and psychologically speaking, thought of as a moral compass. And it is, they are. It's a moral compass that's usually rooted in a healthy psyche. But... A heart-centered perspective, we're taking a meta-perspective here, is that and more in terms of virtues. Virtues are metaphysical. So from a spiritual point of view, virtues are actually qualities of consciousness. They are expressions of love, right? Each virtue, divine love, compassion, forgiving, loving kindness, wisdom, resilience, radiance, which by the way, those are the seven virtues that I focus on in my book, How to Be Loving. There are other virtues like harmlessness and joy and generosity, beauty. Beauty really sits upon faith and harmony. Might go into that another day. 
courage as a virtue, inner peace. Courage, by the way, meaning the courage to align yourself with love, not the courage to just go out and get what you want for yourself. Virtues are not emotions. <laughs> the shortcut to explaining this is like, love is not a feeling. Love is not an emotion. Love is a state of consciousness. It's a higher energy vibration. It's a way of being. It's what we want to embody. So virtues are states of being. Virtues are healing energies. So we could just jump cut to the conclusion here, which is if we want to heal ourselves, our lives, our relationships, bodies, the world, then embodying the virtues is the way. We conduct the frequency of forgiveness through our psyche, through our words, through our life, and compassion, and so on. So a virtue is not something that we can set out to do. So for instance, we can't do forgiving. It's not like a process that we pick up and put down. It's like we go for a run, we're going to forgive just for this intermittent time. No, uh, we are forgiving. We have to allow the energy of forgiving to flow through us. It seeps into us. This is embodiment, right? So forgiving is in our thoughts. We think forgiveness. We act with forgiveness. We offer forgiveness. So a virtue, this light that's pouring down from our soul, from a higher state of being, is permeating all of our doings. We become the virtue. We become virtuous. Do you want to do an exercise with me? Say yes. Okay. This is a reflection, a little mini practice about getting into alignment with your soul, which is really the definition of being virtuous. It's really about being your true divine self. Okay. If you can close your eyes right now, that would be extra impactful and effective. Here we go. Your eyes are closed. Your breathing is natural, so your mouth is closed as well, and you're inhaling and exhaling through your nose. Become aware of that warmth in your heart center, your heart chakra. has this kind of gold, luminous quality to it. All right, now you see a sun, sunshine above your head. It's about 20, 21 feet above your head, okay? It's brilliant. It is golden. It is luminous. It is dynamic. It's got that quality of solar flares. This is life force. This is prana. It's chi. This is your soul. So you've just envisioned your soul. And that soul that solar power, that sun above you, is the mother, the life giver of all virtues, of all higher consciousness. This is the sphere of pure divine love. The sun is the light of love. This is you. This is you connected to the divine. Okay, so emanating from this orb of light, 
from this sphere of higher consciousness are obviously very powerful, far-reaching rays of light. So the sphere itself is divine love, and each of those rays, those lines of energy flow, is an individual, unique virtue. So the mother virtue, being divine love itself, gives birth to these individual virtues. Everything comes from love. So divine love is emitting healing rays, individual virtues of compassion and generosity and courage and resilience and radiance and so on. And then here you are, right here, right now, on the earth, and you're basking in this sun. You're in alignment with your higher soul. Your soul, by the way, is just always waiting for you to be aware that it's there. That's what it means to get into alignment with your soul. You're aware of your divine nature. Right now, we're seeing it as this sun of divine love that we are basking in. It's always shining down on you. So our only job here on earth is to heal. How do we heal? We remove the blocks to the medicine. We remove anything that might be blocking our view, our awareness, our access to that light. Those blockages are just thought forms, right, that come from the ego mind. And the most efficient way to do that, the most direct route to dissolving all of those impediments, which are typically fear or greed or selfishness, all the hang-ups, you know, or the blocks, is to just keep moving towards the light. Just go to the light. And by that I mean we set our intention really to be more virtuous. We aspire higher. You want the fear to dissolve? You want the greed to be a thing of the past, turn into generosity and real abundance? You want all of those hang-ups and obsessions to just melt? Then what can you do to be more loving towards yourself and others today? And then those hang-ups become less chatty. How can we speak and move with loving kindness tonight? And then that crunchiness of the neuroses just starts to chill out. We focus on what's real, which is the light of the soul. And as we make those moves to embody virtues, loving kindness and beauty and resilience, then all the densities, all the crunchies in our energy field begin to dissolve. And then we can relax. We rest in love. We relax in the warmth of divine love. Nourishing energy. Be aware of that quality of just basking. You don't have to do anything. Become aware that the light is there and just soak it in. It wants to get to you. It's just waiting for you to be still enough so it can get into every thought 
every crevice, all the spaces and interspaces in your psyche, all of your energy bodies, your mental body, your auric field, your physical body. So becoming virtuous, it's not like this heavy religious trip. That's why we're here. Becoming virtuous is really just a process of getting into alignment with your soul. It's about becoming your true nature. I know it's easier said than done. We keep reincarnating to get this right, but it's actually the easiest thing ever. Virtuousness is intimacy with your higher self. And this is how we walk through the world as love itself. This is how to be loving. And I blame all of our warped concepts around virtuousness on religiosity and all the dogmatism that's baked into that. So, you know, these magnificent soul expressions of resilience and radiance and joy, they just get really just so grossly reduced to good behavior in opposition to bad behavior. So divisive. And then religion just imposes this twisted morality. This is good and this is bad. Hey, morality has nuance. Morality has so much to do with respecting the culture that we grew up in and how to create cohesive cultures. The root of morality is a divine love for all beings, but the expression of morality can be very unique. I mean, this is really where we get into how globalism and wokeism, for that matter, can be really threatening. Because really any paradigm, but more specifically religious paradigms, they impose that really twisted morality of this is good and this is bad, and therefore you're going to get rewarded and you're going to get punished. They impose that on all of its followers as a reward system for divine favor or reward systems in the afterlife. And this is not virtuous. This is fear-mongering. Real virtue is free of fear. It's fearless. It's inclusive. It would never perform for rewards from an outside authority. It doesn't need anything outside of itself. So what this brings us to is, mm, I'm going to get to cancel culture in a minute, but ultimately, and this is a big one. This is a big one for me to wrap my head around, but I got here. Virtuousness is not for anybody else on the outside to measure or to quantify. Your virtue and your intention, what you are doing in your aspiration to be more loving, to be more kind, that's between you and the infinite. Only God knows, only your soul, your higher self, creation knows if you are coming from your heart center or not. So you can have the same gesture, let's say, from two different people. One of them can be really, truly coming from their heart, and the other one is coming from their shadow self. They can both be volunteering to work in the soup kitchen, and one of them is doing it because they want to get points with God, or they're fearful and they want to burn some karma, or they're just doing it for PR and a good photo opportunity. 
the other person is showing up for the same amount of time at the soup kitchen, and their inspiration is that they know that that could be them, that we're all connected, that their heart is breaking, and they feel bound by love to give back. Is there hope for the dude who's volunteering at the soup kitchen because they want to post it on Instagram? Uh, totally. We can wake up and become more loving any given Sunday. I think there's a developmental arc to virtues. I mean, certainly there's a developmental arc to consciousness, right? So the more conscious we become, we grow on a spectrum, the more aligned with our hearts we will become the more loving, like really, truly loving, not intellectually dialing it in, socially proper, politically correct love, looks good for the camera, love. Our spiritual maturity is going to bring us from innocence, not ignorance. I'm talking about innocence, like just getting here on the planet uh, through a kind of ego-directed virtuousness, morality. I think there's morality that begins being seeded within us when we're really young, right? It's, we're truly innocent. And then some of us hover for a while around this ego-directed so-called morality. I think we could call this intellectualized morality. And then eventually, hopefully, ideally, inevitably, we get that we are all from the same source. And that is when we really begin to embody virtue. So I suppose we can't talk about virtues unless we talk about virtue signaling. <laughs> it's one of my least favorite terms. It's up there with life hacking. Here's the thing. I believe that because virtues are so deeply personal and we cannot know the shape of someone's soul, their karma, how their higher self is directing them, then how do we really know if someone is virtue signaling? What really gives anybody the license to lay that shitty title on anybody's good deed, whether it's coming from their ego or from their heart center, is actually not for us to say. Now, it may become apparent over time. We may have our intuitions. Our judgments may actually be aligned with higher wisdom. But we have to give people the space to walk through the world and feel their own experience of what it is to give, of what happens when we pretend to be virtuous, and how that may actually be the next stepping stone to embodying love itself. What's happening now is that the collective shadow is so flared up, and the ego is leading the charge of cancel culture. Cancel culture is the greatest weapon of division, not of social justice. And one of the greatest tragedies of the vengeance that drives canceling is that there's so many beautiful humans who are actually for real coming from their heart center, truly embodying a virtue. And their goodwill is being mislabeled as virtue signaling. And the people who are throwing the stony label of virtue signaling 
are being applauded for false virtuousness. We are glorifying one of the worst kinds of viciousness, which is to malign real love and label it as selfish. You know, why can't we just celebrate people's good deeds? Even if our inner wisdom is telling us that they're doing it just for the tax write-off, just give them some thanks and some praise for making the donation, for doing the thing. Maybe through the love that they get for the good action, even though it was a big poser thing, maybe there'll be a softening. And the actual benefits of giving will seep into their awareness. And the next time they go to write a check or do the thing in the community or forgive whoever, it'll be a little closer to the heart. And the next time, it's going to be even closer to the center of the heart because they're realizing that everybody's in this together. I think the higher choice, the more unifying choice, is to celebrate other people's good actions when we feel aligned with that and to consider to just consider giving them the benefit of the doubt, the loving benefit of the doubt when we don't. Virtue policing is not the way to peace. Speaking of virtues, divine love, compassion, forgiving, wisdom, loving kindness, resilience, radiance, I've got a beautiful brief listing that would be so lovely to have printed out for your journal or your workspace. If you head to daniellelaporte.com slash love notes, you'll see this growing collection of beautiful little posters and pocket cards and reminders of how to be loving. So let me give you a metaphor on this sequence. Let's say that we begin at this kindergarten level of consciousness. And at that level of innocence, we make the right choices. We make the moral choice based on if we think we're going to get punished for the wrong choice. So essentially, we're learning to not be bad. We learn to not be bad. We learn to be quote-unquote good based on the judgment calls of everybody around us, from our kindergarten teacher to our pastor to everything our friends tell us that their mommies told them. So I'm going to not be bad so I don't get punished. That's innocence, and that can be a pretty good thing. That's us becoming (laughs) moral. I think the next phase of our evolution is that we might choose the right action in order to please a higher authority and therefore not be punished. So we're doing it more, um, it gets a little more political. And that authority can be a spiritual authority. Um, It can be a societal authority. Now, wanting to please an authority that we respect is not an altogether bad thing. It is really healthy for children to want to please their parents. Now, we're making an assumption that the parent is healthy and that the parent is infinitely loving and has the child's best interest at heart. In which case, modeling... And wanting to resonate with that kind of energy is evolutionary. Then we have all those other figures in our lives who are just as loving and just as good and just as brilliant. And emulating those people that we admire can also be a means to growth for sure. Ultimately, we're going to get to this place where our wisdom has to spring from within ourselves. We become our own parent, our own guru. 
our heart becomes our own moral compass. So we keep evolving. And I think eventually we get to that place of realizing like, wow, we're all connected. We all come from the same source. Energy follows thought. And we move into that expression of love for the sake of love. Love just wants to love. Existence just wants to celebrate existence. Love is. We are. We are embodied truth. We is us. We're ourselves, our true selves. And then our moral bearings are pointing to the whole universe, right? It's about everything becomes about everybody belonging, everybody in. And we know that the right choice is a choice that considers the possible benefit and the possible damage to all beings, everybody, everybody. So to sum it up, at first we do good so that we don't get punished. And then we do good to please an authority that we respect or sometimes that we fear, right? There's a dark and a lightness there. And then we do good because we feel connected to the divine nature of life, of everybody, of life itself. And our morality includes the good of all. That's virtuousness. So let's go back to the person who's volunteering in the soup kitchen for the photo opportunity, right? It's just some kind of halo polishing. Let's look at how they get redeemed. (laughs) Well, you know, life could strike and they could have some kind of great suffering experience that brings them to their knees and they realize we are all in this together. That's a possibility. The other possibility is that that person and most of us at some point, we're just trying on different ways of being for size. It's like, oh, what's this flavor of goodwill over here? And what good does that do in my life? So we have an intellectual understanding of a virtue, which is probably underpinned by a really decent sense of morality. So let's take the virtue of uh, generosity, for example. So we make the donations, we gift things to people in need. We want to make a contribution to our community, our neighborhood. We, we love being loving to our close friends. We know like giving makes good sense. So like we're playing with it. We're in our comfort zone, you know, so far, so good with this generosity stuff, experimenting. We're testing out how beneficial this virtue is to our lives. What do we get out of this goodness? And that's a good thing. That can lead to more good things. It can also lead to some danger where we start to be more seemingly virtuous to get more of what we want. And that's a real bummer because we flip the giving into taking. And we all know that that does not turn out well. Emotional manipulation always backfires eventually. So maybe we have the backfire or we don't have the backfire, but eventually we all get back to the heart and we realize that we are ready for more real love than ever. We're ready to love for real. And that's when the light of the virtue really starts to seep into us. Like, I want to be really, truly generous. 
I want to give freely. I want to know what it is because love, love is fun. Love is joy. Love is who I am. And so at that point, the intellectual concept has really started to seep into our bones. It's in our psyche. We're liking it for all the right reasons. So the virtue is hovering at this level of feeling. It's feeling right. It's feeling positive. It's feeling interconnected. And in my experience, what usually happens is that's when the test comes. The creative tension, where we're going to take the feeling, which is really in the subconscious, the unconscious realm, and we're going to move it higher. And we're going to become this state of consciousness. We're going to be generosity itself. So we get the push. Our parameters get poked. If we continue using generosity as the example virtue, it's like we might get called to give a little more than we have, more than we were comfortable giving previously. We might be invited to give, to be generous to the people who actually took things from us, who extracted pain from us. We have to be generous in the places that were previously uncomfortable. We have to be generous, virtuous in a way that requires really nothing in return. Remember, love for the sake of love. So we might be guided, instructed by higher guidance or, you know, an elder or a wisdom keeper to be generous in a more quiet way, to give, make the big donation without any expectation of praise, be an anonymous donor. And then as we become more truly generous for the right reasons, we're not just identifying as generosity. We're not just relating or resonating with the virtue. We're actually relating with our divinity. We've just tapped that big solar power system of love that's always with us. And when we do that, we begin to sense the unlimited nature of our true nature. We begin to realize there's always more to give. We become the virtue. We become that ray of light. Takes us over. It's this sweet surrender. It's really like this, a euphoric experience to embody a virtue. That is the dynamic of becoming more conscious more loving. That is what it is to awaken. As you know by now, Pema Chodron, one of my favorite teachers, she has the most beautiful, always, her stuff is always so accessible. This is what she has to say about virtues. Virtuous behavior is not about doing, quote, good because we feel we're, quote, bad. It's not about doing good because we feel we're bad and that we need to shape up. Instead of guilt or dogma, How we choose to act can be guided by wisdom and kindness. How we choose to act can be guided by wisdom and kindness, not guilt or dogma. Seen in this light, our question then boils down to, what awakens my heart? And what blocks that process from happening? So I'm asking you now, 
What awakens your heart? What makes you want to love more? Another way of saying that is what inspires you to be who you truly are? When do you feel greater than your small self? When do you feel bigger than your day-to-day identity and all those labels? Here's another way to ask this. When do you feel close to other people? It's so simple, right? When do you feel close to other people? Or we can go a little farther afield. When do you feel that you are actually made of the elements of the earth? When do you feel like, I am ground, I am ether, I am fire? Yeah, that's you realizing love. Doing what awakens your heart and removing the blocks to love in that process, that's what it means to be a spiritual grown-up. You remove the blocks to love. You do the work, the beautiful work, to become more aligned with your divinity. All right, one more thing about virtue and vice before we wind down with some poetry. If our goodwill, our love generating behavior doesn't include everybody, then it doesn't rank as an actual virtue. It's just almost a virtue. So our loving kindness has to go beyond our borders. We can be like outstanding citizens in terms of our forgiving uh, within our own church or within our own family. We can forgive the person who did us wrong. We can forgive the infidelity. We can forgive the thievery, whatever it is, right? Because we know the person. We're invested. We have history with them. We have, we share some genetics and some DNA. We come from the same land, whatever it is, right? So we can, we can be that for them. But can we be that for people we don't know? Can we be that for people outside of our circle? Can we be that for people who don't look like us, sound like us, and have done things that are unimaginable? Can we extend the embodiment of our virtue to them? That's when we really got it right. That is love. That's that sunshine orb of divine love. So, you know, the sun doesn't segregate flowers from the bees or conservatives from criminals. It shines its light onto everything. It is the virtue wherever it goes. Love is love is love everywhere. I think virtues are the only thing we're striving for. I think all other striving is just a distraction from why we're here. I also think we're all going to get there eventually. So we, we study about compassion. We meditate on radiance. We can practice generosity, and eventually we will embody those higher states of being. I'm going to take us out on a prayerful, poetic note. First, I want to give you an invitation. I'm doing a class called Three Shifts to Move from an Emotion-Driven Life to Embodying Love. It's happening on October 11th. That's a Thursday of this year, 2022. I'm going to be live, speaking online, doing a Q&A, which is my favorite. 
So here's how we do it. When you pre-order your copy of How to Be Loving, then we send you your ticket to the event and some other goodies. I'm also going to be sending you a love note via a voice memo every Sunday for a year. Head to daniellelaporte.com slash howtobeloving. So then, what awakens your heart? Maybe it's when we imagine that the woman on the street corner holding out her hand for some change is someone's sister. Or when our significant other comes to us vulnerable and tender and we meet them with total presence. Or when we feel that all children are our children when the news makes us weep, when we feel Mother Earth in our marrow and our lungs, behind our eyes, as vast as the sky. This is the spectacular process of our awakening. And when that happens, loving kindness will be the tone of your voice. You will use beauty to envision what's possible. Generosity will get baked into our economies and forgiveness into our communities. You will bring radiance to your friend's pain and to every space you enter. And when the light is temporarily dim, you'll be compassionate with yourself and your neighbor, always making way for more light. This is how to be loving. Did you know that you can ask me pretty much anything and I will probably highly likely tell you I'm going to be doing a special Q&A only Q&A DL Palooza episode uh, in the upcoming weeks. I would love to hear your questions on anything from consciousness, meditation, breakups, business, entrepreneurship, world upheaval, anxiety, how to be more loving in any kind of way. You go to daniellelaporte.com slash with love and you submit your question. You can give me one word, I can just riff. You can give me deep paragraphs that I may not read, but I will press my hand against the screen and glean what you need to know. DanielleLaporte.com slash with love. Thank you so much for listening, for feeling, for spreading the word with love. <laughs>